All right, welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. How's I mean, the aside from, I, well, I was going to say, aside from I got my second COVID shot yesterday and I had a fever of 101.5 last night. But other than that, I'm, I'm great. We were wondering but if, like, working. it'll come through in the recording, like, if people would be able to tell that i don't think so well right now i took some acetaminophen and and um i don't i think i'm at a normal tap but mm-hmm. but last night i felt like garbage i mean it's but that's how but that's the reaction you're supposed to have is because your your body recognizes that you've had the first shot and so it like releases all these cytokine storms mm-hmm. and then you have um yeah so that so i it was it was bad <laughs> so but today i'm feeling i think i had a hundred fever and i think now it's normal but um okay but the whole the whole adventure of getting the shot, I'm really thankful I was able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's um, if anybody gets a second shot, um, well, first you gotta get your second shots for it to be fully effective. Right. But it's normal that it's basically your immune system fighting. That's yeah, it's recognizing the thing that you introduced the first time, and it's like, nope, we don't like this. So, um, but yeah, we're here to talk about. 14th episode of season one Gilmore Girls that damn Donna Reed what an episode uh this episode uh you know didn't do a lot of favor for the men of the show really I mean I think Luke came out relatively okay but uh well but Dean 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 didn't really Dean kind of took a bit of a hit this episode and then of course at the end, the big reveal of who's in town, other than no other than Christopher, who is who makes uh, such a such a lovely gentlemanly appearance. Yeah, uh, you know, he's, I think, he's the Tristan of adults. Yeah, in um, the classic Shakespearean plays of old, you know, characters would constantly come out and say, "Take your your shirt off," because that's such a romantic <laughs> thing to say to someone in front of your kid. Oh yes. No one is more full of class than Christopher. Uh, no, I, I mean, we'll get this out of the way because I know a lot of people listening to this who are who have watched Gilmore Girls before will likely have a very strong opinion, oftentimes negative, about Christopher. Um, and I constantly think whenever I try to rewatch the show, like, maybe now is the time I try to give Christopher a chance. And it just... No. Nope. No, I don't like him. And... I think also too, like you start to find a pattern whenever he shows up that things are going well for Lorelai. Things are maybe moving towards a certain good direction in her life only for Christopher to then show up and kind of ruin it. Christopher is literally the embodiment of things just getting screwed up for Lorelai. And um, yeah, he's just, just, yeah. He, 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 I think that he would announce himself too, right? Like he would call him and tell the mother of his child, "Hey, I'm going to be in town." I think he's a bit of a narcissist, like a bit, or or well, yeah, that was me being he's, conservative, yeah. but I, you know, <laughs> he's definitely narc. Like I think he just figures I'll roll into town and no big deal. I'll own the place, right. like right, yeah. But that's at the end of the yeah. episode. But it's just such a strong reaction that I just wanted to get out there that this is the debut, the loving debut of most a lot of people's most hated character in Gilmore Girls, which is 
Christopher. But they matched up Christopher to, to I mean, LaRory looks like a combination of Christopher and Laurel. I mean, they match the actors up pretty well. Yeah, he really does, doesn't he? I, I was actually thinking that rewatching them, like, wow, they actually do look like a family. Like, I'm yeah. convinced. So. Right. Um, yeah, so the episode starts with Dean bringing pizza and a salad for himself while Lorelai and Rory are watching uh, a show that actually existed in real life called The Donna Reed Show. I was actually mm-hmm. kind of curious about this because I wondered, like, is this an actual show? And it is. Yep. Yeah, it's in the 50s. 1958 to 1966. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the girls watch it very, like, ironically, like they're making fun of it and being sarcastic. But uh, Dean, he's, like, a little confused. He's like, actually, I kind of like this, like, the wife's taking care of the husband and cooking for him and and they they do not take to that as well uh, to that very well in fact they're actually pretty outraged um and uh they they quickly like sort of rip into dean but uh dean even makes a a a thing of saying i feel very unpopular right now and i'm like yeah (laughs) for for kind of being like I, I would say misogynistic, but also uh, sexist. Yeah, I would say that you you you're very unpopular right now, uh, Dean. Yeah, it was bold of him to, but you could tell that he kind of was a little confused. I think it's a case where like I could see where he's coming from, but I think he just didn't quite think it all the way through. He wasn't considerate of like how it was going to come across. Um, yeah, uh, and then we cut to Luke's diner where you see that uh they're talking about sprucing up the place with a paint job uh you know luke luke says he hasn't paid it since like i think like around when his dad was alive so it must have been quite a long time ago um and uh taylor wants him to paint it and lorelei kind of convinces him to much to taylor's pleasure which i thought it was funny that like luke seemingly goes out of his way to make taylor unhappy <laughs> he's like if right. i do this i'm gonna make taylor happy and he's like i don't know if i want to do, do that and, and what's with the guy the paparazzi guy taking photos that was really weird yeah that was really weird oh i think he was he, like he, 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 he flashes one right in the where eyes while like, when he leaves i don't know if he was paparazzi i think he was trying to get like a before and after photo of the painting for like some town newsletter i don't know if it was propaganda or not propaganda (laughs) paparazzi um but definitely feels like yeah uh, it it seemingly is so weird that like everyone in the town really cares that much about whether uh luke paints a diner or not right Uh, yeah uh get your friday night dinner um and this one we have richard yeah we get a little bit of richard not too much but we get enough and we continue the, the uh, Martha's Vineyard storyline, where they want to stay in Martha's Vineyard, so they find so the grandparents see that somebody's died, and so they made an offer on their place, which I thought was pretty, pretty right, very and, and, then she, and then she calls Lorelai morbid. Oh yeah, which, and then you see that the narcissism part of of Emily, where she's following Lorelai into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Going, you know, what's this deal with you and the guy, you know, Luke? Yeah. And I see that, I can see where for Emily, she's probably just wants her daughter to be happy, but it seemed a little too 
intense. And then when, when Lorelai's like, yeah, you know, yeah, I think I like him. Then Emily's like, well, now we got to talk about your taste in men or something. So she zings her anyway. Like she sets her up and then zings her anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, uh, they set up very, very like early on in the episode. Like, I think they're kind of setting up like, Hey, Luke and Lorelai, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it'll happen. But, um, it, it also, yeah. Like, I think it's interesting that Emily constantly seems to know what Lorelai seemingly is glossing over herself, which is that, that, uh, they actually, like each other and to be fair i wonder if luke even recognizes himself i feel i get the impression like luke doesn't even know himself that he likes lorelei like there was that moment where a few episodes back where max medina and her were walking through the town he kind of looks over at them but i don't even know if he knew that he likes her or if he was just like oh i see girl i that girl that's cute with guys right. i don't like you know um but uh when did Lorelai move to the town? How old was Rory? She well, mentioned that it was that she she was. I know they talked about in the last episode that the reason why they didn't tell Lorelai about or she didn't realize about Dean's not Dean, Luke's girlfriend was because Rory was eleven, and what they had just moved there was did they just moved there when Rory was eleven. I'm trying to figure out how long she's been there and how long Luke may have been pining for her. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if it's ever answered fully, but I do know that uh, very early on, I think they moved to the town because okay. there's there's an episode coming up where they kind of delve a little bit into that. But I think it's very early on because obviously um, uh, Lorelai had Rory very young at 16. So I would okay. imagine probably like eight, like she'd be like maybe 18, 19, something like that, maybe. Okay. Because gotcha. I know um, they set up very early on that, like, she worked at the inn, but she worked her way up from, like, being a maid to, like, being the manager. So. Um, oh, then. forgot about that part. Yeah. So, I, in my mind, I've always, like, I don't know the show. I don't think the show gives a definitive answer. But in my mind, I see Lorelai as, like, being some 18-year-old uh, you know, someone who's cleaning the rooms but slowly works her way up to getting promoted. Mm. So, mm. um, and then the next day, uh, Babette asks uh, Rory to house at her new kid because you remember on the episode where the cat died. Yeah, I like that. I, you know, Valley in the Dolls Pill Cabinet for the cat. It, you know, like, it, it, it's not like overly complex storyline or storylines or anything but i like that the show at least remembered that they hey they lost a cat so it would make sense that they would buy a new one so right i like that they continued that line yeah yeah um yeah and lorelei kind of was like why do you want to like why are you so anxious to look after this cat or like willing to look after this cat like she knows what's up she can be yeah she can be alone with the boyfriend yeah um yeah and, and then we have the quaint thing of Rory calling Dean's house to talk to him instead of calling his cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which we've never seen his parents on camera, have we? No, I don't think we have. We don't see too much of his family. I think you see, mm. like, his sister later on, but... Okay. Um, and then Rory has a baby chicken that she has to take care of. It's a homework assignment. Oh, and that's the reference that is um, Stella on the waterfront where she, she yells Stella. 
And she's looking for the chicken. And Lou looks like, oh, you actually did have a chicken that was loose. And then Sookie goes to this whole explanation of... Yeah, so we find out Jackson and Sookie are still together. Yeah, which is really cute. Uh, but the Sookie line told him she had a bat in her attic, so he'd come over. Yeah, that was kind of interesting that, like... I don't, is that actually a thing that people do? Like, do people actually say, like, oh... That darn, seemed kind of weird to me. I have a mouse in my kitchen. You gotta come over. And then, by the way, let's hook up. Like, I'm... <laughs> Adds up, but but to me that would be like bad karma because if you say like I've got this rodent you know and you lie about it I would think you're more likely to have that rodent yeah as you said it you didn't really I would also think too that like or maybe everybody should just communicate openly or maybe you could just be like hey why don't you come over for dinner and maybe we can like make out or something and just leave it at that just be open about it you know? well there's yeah yeah um. Yeah, and then Dean and Rory have a bit of a bit of a fight because uh, basically Dean has very archaic ways of how women and men should interact, and I don't that's know. how his family's been, and so he's just used to that. Yeah. I don't know if it was, I don't, I didn't know if it was sexism or just that that's like he liked that his mom had dinner for them. I think I know. Here's the thing: I grew up in a home with someone who grew up with those kind of like sitcoms and that influenced their way of like how families are. So oh, interesting. I could like, I have always taken it as to Dean, like he's probably watched shows like this before and to him, maybe that's how a family is. And so when he says that, like, you know, in his eyes, maybe that's how a family should be, or like a really or his family and traditional gender roles, and that that Lorelai and Rory do not. Yeah, but it's interesting. And you know, when you're growing up, you think everybody's family's a certain way, right? Yeah, and then you realize that not everyone is, of course. But right. no, I I did. Ulti- I I do feel like he, like Dean, just feels so archaic in this, even for like. 2000 or 2001 when this episode is filmed during mm-hmm. it feels archaic even then and this is now 20 years later it feels even more archaic now it's like oh dean this hasn't aged well this hasn't aged like a fine wine um but uh yeah it's uh you know they they have a bit of a you know the, the i think this is maybe a point in time where Rory maybe realizes that the honeymoon period with Dean is over, you know, oh, yeah. thing is sunshine and rainbows and maybe now. Initial, right. The initial few months of bliss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, like, I think it kind of translates a little bit to Rory and Lorelai where clearly Lorelai wants a little bit more information on what's going on with Dean, but Rory doesn't want to give it. Um, yeah, and you have basically Rory next door taking care of uh, Top Bet's cat Apricot. Which I Apricot, was. yeah, I thought that was a cute name for the cat. It really is. What was the other cat's name? The, the cat that died? I can't remember. I'm testing your, no. your trivia. I wanted to say Maury, but I know that's the husband's name. Um. So, yeah, I thought it was interesting that, yeah... Lorelai is looking after the chick, but then calls Luke because she can't find the chick. 
And yeah, that really cute, funny line where like Luke's like, oh, there actually was a chick. Like he actually thought he was coming over just to maybe hang out with uh, Lorelai. Um, but parallel to that, you also have Dean coming over and Rory making him dinner, which I don't know. How did you feel about that scene of her cooking him dinner? I thought it was sweet. I thought she was trying to connect with him. I didn't. Okay. I, I yeah. I thought it was sweet. I really liked the dress. The dress was great with all the crinolines underneath and stuff. To I like the outfit. To me, it just felt like the mint, the mint, whatever the the jello and the. I'm like, you did oh. not make those. No, that that definitely seemed. Uh, what was it like, lime delight or something like that? But lime delight, yeah, that's it. And then when then when they got caught or whatever. Lorelai's like, well, you know, I don't really care if you're, you know, if it makes sense that you're there. And I'm like, well, that's a pretty open view of it, you know. Yeah. But and then, then, then for some reason, Rory has to point out that the green beans were from a can and the potatoes were from a box. Like, I'm not sure why she had to say that. I think it's like maybe she just wanted to be like upfront. But here's the thing: I, it just didn't feel like Rory. Like the the whole her cooking him dinner just didn't really feel like who Rory is. I saw a little bit of that Rory was stretching outside of, of, you know, her comfort zone mm. and was doing something that to make him happy. That's how I saw it. And that it was kind of like a way to be empathic with him and try to understand where he was coming from. Interesting. Even if she didn't totally agree with it. Yeah. And I guess like too, like this is probably the first time that she's ever had to do anything like this for a guy. So like, I'm sure she's still a little uncomfortable in that kind of position, but it kind of showed, I think. <laughs> Hmm? Sorry. And, and I thought that so Lorelai makes clothes, right? So I thought she made the dress, but apparently Lorelai had no idea where she got this dress from. Yeah. Um, we did also get a great scene of Dean and Luke running into each other, which I thought was great that Luke recognized oh, yeah. how terrible Dean is right away. Like, he's just like, don't like you. Um, and obviously Dean didn't really like Luke that much either, but I just think for me it was so interesting that Luke immediately was like, "No, don't like this Dean fella." You know? Right, right. Well, he's protective of Rory too. He is, and I think that's you know, uh, what I I like about Luke is that you know he he's also old fashioned in a way, but I think he's old fashioned but also still respectful of people, and I think you could look at this episode in a way that like. Dean wants to be like this old fashioned kind of fella with like the girl cooking for him and all this. Whereas mm -hmm. Luke, I think is sort of that old fashioned person, but also interesting take. is yeah. he is, but he's also respectful and still like kind of doesn't fall into like the sexist caricatures of uh, those sitcoms <laughs> of the past. Like in a weird way, I think Luke is the kind of guy that Dean maybe aspires to be, but uh, maybe gets it a little wrong. Like he doesn't quite get that what that what that kind of guy is. Like I think you could easily do that nuance. Yeah, you could do a really interesting dive into like what views on masculinity there are in this episode. Because I think mm -hmm. Dean's views on masculinity are so warped in this, but Luke's. See, views... I think that's a generational thing too between us because yeah. I'm generation you're millennial, right? Is that yeah. um are you are you on the edge of millennial and Z? No, you're millennial, right? When is so, millennial like 82? I think it's 82 to something something. 
I'm Can't 88, so I feel like I'm a millennial. Yeah, I think you're a millennial. Um, so. so, but I, I think that it's interesting. That I think that I see what you're saying. Like, there's some sexism there, and I also see it as like he's he's just talking about what he knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that maybe he really did like having a mom that cooked dinner, but it also didn't sound like. I mean, he didn't really talk about how his parents shared dinner responsibilities yeah no like you didn't talk about like maybe how his dad maybe like did his dad do dishes or anything or did his dad just go and like sit on a couch or something right like but you know i mean if if that's the way the family worked and and that works for them then that's great you know i think that's the other thing too is like it kind of showed that they're all different formulations of families and that families do all sorts of different things it doesn't mean one's better than the other it's just different yeah um but this is this is a very like here's the thing you know i know you're watching the show for the first time i don't think it's much of a spoiler to say that there is that spark between luke and lorelei and i think this episode definitely lays some groundwork towards that mm-hmm. um you know I don't well know. i thought it was really nice that when um i thought it was sweet that she said oh i wish i had had that kind of relationship with my dad and he goes and luke goes but you have a relationship with your daughter and i was like oh that's right i thought that was a really nice way of having it come full circle yeah so yeah it's not with your dad but it's with your kid yeah i think like i you know luke is a character who has faults you know mm-hmm. if i'm being completely honest i don't think he's a fully like perfect person or character but i think in terms of like representing masculinity in a show he does a pretty good job of being supportive being you know being there for lorelei and others in his life like i think he he's a very good representation of what masculinity should be in a lot of ways he's the kind of person that he um you know treads very carefully in relationships so once he's in he's 100 percent in yeah and and it sounds like you know he loved his dad like crazy yeah. Hence, he kept the shop the exact same way. Mm-hmm. No, I, I like Luke as a character, and I think this episode sort of reinforces that in a lot of ways. Like, he is a a good, like, you can tell that he has standards to which he upholds himself, which I think is a, a very admirable thing in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And he helped, he helped Lorelai find the chicken. Yes. Um... Yeah, and I do like that, like, Lorelai wasn't even mad when she saw Rory in the dress. I thought maybe she would have been like, what were you two doing? Especially, like, what happened with them. Of course you're going to have your boyfriend over. You're in the house by yourself. Yeah, I thought it was very, it was some growth for Lorelai as well. Because, like, you think about the last time, there was that time where Dean and her fell asleep. And obviously they were Yeah. Yeah. That like this situation could have played out like that, but they had Lorelai be like, right. "No, that's that makes total sense." So I right, like that. she's and giving giving um, Rory some breathing room. Yeah, yeah. Um... I think she just thought it was so funny that she's wearing an apron, and then they brought up the apron. She brought up the apron to the grandparents. Oh, that was great. Oh, and then and then here's some background stuff. So Alexis Bledel's first language is Spanish. Her father's. Virginian. And so when um, Richard says that he's going to Madrid and bring back a copy of Don Quixote, when, when um, Rory says gracias, she actually says it in a in an authentic pronunciation. Mm. 
Because that's her for and because she, she learned she didn't learn English until she came to school. That's interesting. So spoke Spanish at home. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, her mother. Um, her mother grew in grew up in Mexico, I think, and then her father was Argentinian. Wow. Or is Argentinian? Yep. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, but she like. Do you see her actual accent? Hmm? Yeah, you kind of get a little bit of that. That's what I was gonna say. Like she speaks perfect English, but like you really get a little bit of that accent in there. I didn't even realize that. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's. Yeah, it, it, we we kind of cut to like yeah the Emily and Richard, which there's not a lot of them in this episode, but uh, yeah, the little morose them mentioning that they purchased the place because of the death of a friend. And they're so proud of themselves too. What was funny too is it wasn't just a random person; it was like a friend of theirs, and they're like, "Well, we lucked out." And I'm like, "This is the friend of yours, like, oh, but you know what? Emily and Richard seem like." They have a little bit of a mild distance from humanity at times. And it, 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 I don't know. I find it more funny and endearing in a weird way, even if it is a little morose and morbid that they would be mildly enthusiastic that a friend passed and then, away. And then they're like, oh, well, it's furnished. And what did they say about the library? Like, they were like, oh, the library, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're complaining about what the furnished place they're, looks like. like. They're already oh, planning things. Yeah, it was just kind of interesting. Um uh yeah and i think yeah when emily finds out that luke came to the rescue she's like man what's going on here and again emily's like a hog she gets like these things and she's just like she's got this um this was, that was getting inappropriate chasing her into the kitchen and then again you know lorelei says yes i have feelings for him kind of i sound like a little bit to make mom back off and then emily's like well now we gotta talk about your taste in men i was like oh no you didn't you know like that's that sounds like par for the course for Emily, though, right? Like, she pumps you for information when she gets what she wants, then she criticizes you for it. Yeah. There's some there's some emotional manipulation going on there. It's interesting that, like, Emily wants her to admit it, but it doesn't mean that she's necessarily happy about it. Like, she doesn't fully support it. Like, she doesn't want Lorelai to date Luke. But I think she knows that there's no way... Lorelai's going to date anybody else until she gets over her feelings for Luke. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. And I think that's no, yeah. what Emily's trying to do. Like Emily's trying to push her to at least admit that she likes Luke so that she can move on. Like I definitely think Emily's got that agenda of trying to clear the stage for for someone. And I think we know that I mean, you can probably start putting two and two together in that like you know, I Emily was and Richard in the first episode, we're talking very fondly about Christopher, a character who's Christopher shared... is supposed to be married, right? No, when he's in her. I think he's. I think he's, he's married. No, I think he's uh, dating somebody. I know uh, there is some progress with that, but I don't know how far along into the series we. Can uh, so that's why I'm like, I don't want to say anything, but I, yeah, I do think in this point at least he's dating somebody. I think. Oh, uh, so she's got some scheme going. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, Luke and Lorelai make a plan to uh, do a painting, and I thought, you know, again, the show really does go out of its way to have Christopher just come and ruin things, and lo and behold, yeah. literally, literally just as they make plans to paint, who shows up but Christopher. But I did think it was really sweet that, you know, Lorelai comes in with all these color combinations. I'm like, oh, you're going to overwhelm him. But the ones they wind up picking are really close to what he has now. Yeah. I thought that was really sweet that she understood that it would be too much of a change for him to just paint in a different color. 
She's like, look, this is just like what you have except warmer. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, then Chris shows up and says, take your shirt off. He yells to Lorelai or whatever. Yeah. So he's a classy human being. And, you know, the thing is, like, I don't know. I, I, I can't tell if, like, women would find a guy like Christopher attractive, at least on a physical level. Like, he seems mildly handsome, I guess. But. Right. They take your shirt off. Yeah. That kind of, you know, that stuff makes somebody look less attractive. Unless you're you're into a guy yelling at, at you from the street in front of your kid. But also, too, like, Lorelai. Motorcycle. Hmm? Yeah, well, yeah, the, the, there's the whole thing with the motorcycle, the get on, get off, get on, get off. Um, but then also, too, right. like, there's the point where Lorelai just says, oh, Christopher. And the way she says it, it's almost like an, an exacerbated, like, oh, Christopher. She's resigned. Yeah. Yeah, like, she's not happy, but, she, like, you can tell she's done this rodeo before. Which I thought right, was and she knows all. Now we know her level of motorcycle knowledge. She knew what kind of engine the, the motorcycle had. Yeah. She knew a year. Of yeah, um, so they already have something that they in common that they like. So yeah, Christopher, um, I can already see. I don't like it. Yeah, uh, we do have a question from uh, let's see, Janine. Janine says. I know a lot of people don't like Christopher, myself included. I'm trying to go into this rewatch with an open mind, but by God, the first line he said is, take your shirt off. I already hate him. And uh, yeah, it's really hard yep. to like Christopher. This is my first time watching. I was like, oh, what a waste of space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's waste of space. That's Christopher. And, and I'm surprised that Lorelai would put up with that and not say anything. So maybe that indicates part of the relationship. Maybe that's just how he was during the relationship. I don't know. Well, maybe this is my impression. And this is not, like, based on anything in the show, like, pre present or future or otherwise. But, like, I think that for Lorelai, there's this idea that he's Rory's father. So maybe there's, like, that built-in bias in a way of like oh, this mm -hmm. is the man that fathered her child so maybe she feels like she has to give him more lenience than he she would any other guy like here's the thing mm -hmm. i think if max medina or that other father she met like said something like that she would have dismissed, dismissed him right away but it's christopher mm -hmm. it's someone that she has a history with and i think right. it's hard for her to reconcile that yes he says these things but he's also like yeah He's Rory's father. So I think maybe she's got a bit of a bias there. Right. Um, but to see that the kid. But I guess that's just setting up his character, right? So Yeah, I think it is. It, uh, you know. I know where this is going. I don't like it already. I can just tell where it's going with him. Whether you like Christopher or not, you have to admit he is a shit disturber. I mean, I, could, I don't know that I haven't seen it ahead, but I would just guess. And I don't know if this is right or not. I have, a th I think she has a thing with Luke, and then she ends up with Christopher. And I'm not gonna like that very much. That's my guess. Well, and you don't have to tell me if I'm right or not, because no, then it'd no. be a spoiler. We'll, we'll but that's my guess. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hate it. <laughs> We're gonna find out together. Uh, oh, good. We'll be on this journey together. Yes, it's part of the fun. But I do like that. You know, you're start, you're getting invested. I can tell. Like in the. Story <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're already like, I don't like this guy for Lorelai. No, let's, uh... Well, I was talking to my clients. I was like, yeah, we started this new podcast about Gilmore Girls. She's like, oh my god, I love that show. 
So, you know, it, there are a lot of people that are really invested in the show. Yeah. And, and I'm uh, going to be one of them. I can, you know. Yeah, I'm like sitting there with my fever and I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm going to die after this shot. And I'm like still watching Gilmore Girls. I'm like, oh, I feel a little better watching it. Yeah. Like it's comfort food. It really is. And also too, like there's been a lot of people who have been uh, checking out, like you can tell, I think right, right now, I'm going to quickly take a look. It is, it's like the fifth highest rated podcast on the network right now. So it is pretty, and it literally just started like earlier this year, whereas the other ones have been around for like years. So it's, it's gaining steam. I think it's interesting. I mean, how many podcasts? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, five? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, uh, oh, like we're, we're, we're like looking at like around fifteen or so. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So. I think. So that, was Sean Gunn in the episode? I think. She, who was the guy that was with Taylor and he and the guy lost a bet to Taylor because oh, I guess Kirk. they bet. It was huh? Kirk. It was Kirk. Um, Is that Sean? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And he's just Kirk now. He doesn't change characters. He's just Kirk now. So. Right. Um, yeah. So, who was your favorite performance in this episode? I really like when they were looking at the order that the dad had written on the wall, and Lorelai was like, "We'll just, we'll just keep this there." I was like, "Oh, you better tell him that you can keep it, not paint over it." So I just really, I thought that was a sweet moment. And there's some romantic thing there, and I'm a sucker for for that. So. I think like, it's a tie for me between Luke and Lorelai. Like, mm. they both were so great in this episode, just as actors. I, and here's the thing. Like, I don't think Rory's performance was bad, but I just didn't think, like, this is Rory as I know her. But mm-hmm. who's the worst? I mean, I'm tempted to say Christopher because here's the thing. On a performance level, I have to imagine that he's doing that performance in a way where yeah you notice that there's some things that are wrong with him as a person but also maybe there's like that little bit of allure like why would somebody be interested in christopher i just didn't get that i I don't i don't see the redeeming value of christopher to me i just see it just just like it wouldn't surprise me if like christopher was the kind of guy that got like me dude you know he just seems like lucky yeah and uh, that's the thing i I feel like it'd be interesting to find out if the actor who played Christopher played him with any redeeming value or just played him like straight up as Christopher's awful. Like we're just full going full tilt into this. Right. Yeah. I wonder what direction he was given about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was, I think the first episode that the town troubadour appears in yeah yeah this is last time he was just leaning against the um lamppost or something but he wasn't singing yeah and this time he's into the microphone yeah so i guess we have some backup that seemed a little oddly placed yeah but also apparently his name is grant in the in the uh credits so which is interesting because his his name, the act or the actor who's also a musician, is named Grant Lee Phillips, who again, real uh, musician. So, huh? So I actually was actually listening to some of his stuff because I saw that he was in this episode. So I went on to Spotify and just looked up Grant Lee Phillips and was listening to some of his stuff. So I was like, oh, so he's still cool. making music. Yeah, he still is. He's is an active musician, still makes music. So if you like uh, what he was doing in the episode, check it out. Uh, I'm not 
promoted by him or anything, but just uh, I thought it was he, he had some good music. So I was like, oh, it's good to see that oh, like they they cast an actual musician to play the town musician. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Uh, and your and your uh, buddy Christopher in the show is a Canadian actor. Yeah, he's probably, he's probably from from Toronto. Where nope, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. That's surprising because oh, no, it's oh, he's born in Saskatchewan. He grew up in Grimsby and St. Catharines, Ontario. St. Catharines is by Toronto, right? Yeah, that explains a lot. That's yeah, already explains why I don't like don't like Christopher. <laughs> Maybe we should try to get him on. We should try to get him on the on the uh the show be like why not why do we hate you so much <laughs> yeah that'd be really interesting to find out was that was he playing it like that or like what direction did he get yeah so um, i'd be really curious yeah um apparently now the actor that played christopher he does like workshops and life coaching so it's kind of interesting in a way. Not I obviously it's not like one to one perpendicular to what you do, but you know, there, there's there's a little bit like about you being like a mental health expert. Like he's not he's not like a true expert, but like it's interesting that he does like life coaching and workshops. And stuff. Yeah, because coaching isn't regulator licensed, but yeah, yeah, saying. that's what I yeah that's what I meant. It's not like one to one. He's but, yeah. So. Or one hope he's helping people. It would yeah. be interesting to have him on because I imagine he'd have some insights into why I hate Christopher so much. <laughs> Maybe he hated Christopher. Maybe. Um, cool. Uh, did you say what your worst performance was? I feel like mm-hmm. I might have. I can't remember. Was Tristan in this episode? If if so, it was Tristan. I, I can't remember. I don't think there not. was any Tristan in this episode, but... Uh... Jeez, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I don't I don't think this again, I don't think this is the actress because I like the actress, but the whole thing the whole thing where the where Emily was following Lorelai into the kitchen. It felt the, perf- the whole thing felt really icky. Yeah. And exploitative. And yeah, it's got nothing to do with the actress. I think she's a great actress. Mm-hmm. She's the kind of person that can picture is like super nice in real life. And she's just that good of an actress that she can play a character like that. She but she is and I'm just actually uh, well, here in Canada we call it Crave, but I think like in the states it's HBO Max. I saw they had Dirty Dancing, and I rewatched, and I realized that yeah, she's in Dirty Dancing. In the- oh yeah, she's a mom. She plays like a sort of a, a mom that yeah, like there's a little bit of strife there between mom and daughter. So it's interesting that there's right. a little mm-hmm. bit of that between her the characters that she plays. Right, right. Maybe that's where the Paladinos found her from. I wouldn't be surprised if they were like we need a type like her from this because a lot of times right. when people are looking to uh, cast a role, they go, well, we kind of want somebody who's like this actor or like this character from this right. thing. They're like, well, why don't you just ask that person? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Uh, uh, what was your favorite reference? What was your favorite? Yeah. Mm, I mean, I think like, there's the obvious one of the uh, Stella, you know, right. uh, Marlon Marlo Rando. Yeah, there's that one. I'm trying to think if there was any one that I liked more than that. And I mean, obviously, the the title of the episode itself is a reference, so very mm-hmm. like high level reference at that point. I'm gonna say the Stella one. Yeah, it's 
Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But then the other one that I didn't quite get, and that probably was something that was happening at the time, is the thing about Michael Douglas. They're in the they're in the kitchen, yeah. and she says something about, "I wouldn't, you know, just call him over to the house." Oh, like all of a sudden, I'm trying to get any poor unsuspecting person in bed with me. I'm like Michael Douglas. Like what? Like I don't know what happened around that time with Michael Douglas. There must have been some scam or something. I'm yeah, assuming yeah. he must have been like a ladies' man or something like that. Oh yeah, there must. But there must have been something at that time that came out or something. Yeah, I know there was a thing that he didn't like doing oral sex because he thought it would give him cancer. Well, he thought he got cancer from it, and I'm like, no, no, that's not. Michael Douglas, don't try science. Science is not your thing. Um. Science. Yeah, don't 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 dabble with science. It's not your thing. Um. Yeah, favorite quote. I, I'm not really a quote, but I do like the exchange between um, Luke and Dean because it's it's very immediate that you can tell they just don't get along. Right, and it was just a fateful meeting at the trash cans. Yeah, it was kind of funny. And that then what was so far? It's both. It was funny that they got so far, and then they were like, "Wait, who are you? What are you doing here?" Right, right. So what was the? So I didn't see him actually breaking the lamp. Did that actually happen on screen? The the lemon lamp. He's got this lamp, and I guess when he was looking for the chicken, he broke the lamp. But you don't actually see that on camera, do you? Where he breaks the lamp? I don't think so. No, I didn't. Okay, I don't cause remember. I, I, was like, I, I think okay. maybe at the most you hear like something off screen, like little. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. At least it wasn't the monkey lamp. What was the lamp that she referred to in like one of the first episodes where the mother's like, you trade in Baccarat candlesticks for this or whatever, the lamp with the monkey on it? Yeah. I can't remember what lamp. Yeah. At least it wasn't that lamp. No, it wasn't. No, thank goodness. Right. Because um, what would we do? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, any behind the scenes trivia? Obviously, this About is. Sorry? Alexis Bledel, Spanish is her first language. Yeah. This is obviously your big introduction to Christopher, a character who yeah. is pretty prominent throughout the show, for better or for worse. Yeah. Blech. Yeah. Um, but, I do, you know, I do think that, again, the stories that happen don't don't take the twists and turns you think they probably would. So. Um, oh, right. Uh, yeah. Peace, um, man. Yeah. It was a, it was a all in all a very um, solid episode. I actually, you know, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, let's see. Any other mental health observations? I just thought it was really nice the way that uh, Lorelai talked to um, Luke about his dad and just understood that there are some things that you don't want to take away from someone. And part of that is the memory of, of a person and mm -hmm. that, you know, she said, let's not paint over this or let's have paint colors that are similar to what you have now. Like she really understood the amount of grief that he had gone through and probably still is going through. Mm -hmm. And she was just very gentle about that. And I thought that was really nice to see Yeah, that she wasn't pushing, changing things too much. Yeah. Um, what would you give this episode a score of? 8.5. I liked it. 
Oof. This might be the one. I can't really tell you why I liked it, but I liked it. I think this might be one of the few times where we have a pretty big disagreement. I, I give this like a 6 out of 10. I didn't really like this episode. Really? No. I think for me, uh, I, I, I mean, A, I had a very strong Christopher reaction. But also, I think for me the big thing is that it just felt like such a betrayal of character to have Rory be somebody who was so, like, kind of rejecting the idea like this antiquated idea of femininity only for her mm-hmm. to then like awkwardly embrace it and i it but was, she also was talking about how donna reed was a was a producer on her show was an uncredited producer so she did bring up the fact that that she was a businesswoman at that time yeah i just think they could have maybe fleshed that out a little more like maybe give a bit more of a trajectory to why Rory would want to do something like this. And I don't, I'm not saying that it's impossible, but I just think how they did it of her just kind of putting on the apron and making the meal and, you know, being like, yeah, well, time to redo these things. I, it could have, I thought it was character growth. Cause it shows that she was looking at where he was coming from and she didn't understand it. Mm. Yeah. It just, or, or, or did you think it was fetishizing the fifties housewife? I think it was, I think it wasn't even that. I think for me, the issue was it just didn't really make sense that for Rory, and I'm not saying like for everybody, but for Rory in particular, that she would make that jump so quickly. I thought there would maybe mm. be like a little bit more of like, I wanted a scene or two of like her talking to Lane and Lane telling her like, you know what? Like, yeah, it's antiquated. Maybe blah, blah, blah. But like, maybe you just do this for Dean as like a thing for him. Right. Like I wanted a little bit more of something to transition that like moment where she does that. Cause it just felt very jarring that like she would decide to do something like this. And I still kind of get a little upset by it. Cause it just doesn't quite make sense. And I just, I think the show could have done a little bit of better for a job to sort of say, this is why Rory would do something like this. Mm, just some context to it. Yeah. Just a little bit more would have gone a long way as is. It just feels a little like, a little too brash of a jump and especially for Rory a character who seems so calculated in like what she does for her to just kind of like put on an apron and do something like that just felt a little a little yeah I will give yeah I do agree that I do give a credit that like yeah she didn't look up that what Donna Reed did but I felt like that still didn't quite fully explain why she would make that decision I just wanted well, to now I think about it. when oh go ahead no I just think that could have just been fleshed out a little bit more well, I was thinking about when she prints out, when she shows him all the stuff she printed out about Don Reed, he's kind of dismissive of it. He, he really is. Again, Dean's, like, I think Dean as a character kind of has his ups and downs. Sometimes he's a really great guy. Sometimes he's just terrible. <laughs> I think in this right. episode. He's... The show, he's supposed to be 17 or 16. Yeah. Um, because, like, there's times, like, I, you know, like, when they're at the dance, I did like that moment there. And I, you know, but then at the same time too, like he was ready to knock out Tristan, which, you know, say what you will about Tristan, but it's like, eh, maybe violence is not the answer. You totally want to knock out Tristan, wouldn't you, or no? I would. You probably, you probably, you would ignore him. You'd just be like, you're I not worth the trouble. Like, yeah, I would be like, I'm just going to step away from this. You're not worth my time. But that's just me. And I, I, I but also Dean. No, but that would, have been, that would have been the better choice. I think so, right? But also I yeah. feel like, Dean also is a teenager, so of course teenagers are going to be like, must fight. But 
Well, he's in front of his girlfriend, so he's gonna yeah show that he's gonna find her, right? So yeah. So I don't know. I and you know, the six out of ten is still not terrible. It's just there was it, it didn't quite work for me on that level, and that was such a big part of the episode. So I just really liked her dress. It was like a nice dress. And I, and I like that we got to see more of Bavette's house, too. Because we've seen parts of it, but it didn't seem like this was like a different house than what they'd shown her at previously. It just seemed like a different house to me. Because we've seen the house in the cat funeral episode, and we've seen the house when Dean's walking by, and, mm-hmm. you know, or is it Maury? Maury and Bavette are leaning out or whatever, but, but when we go in the house... The house seems very well appointed, and it didn't seem like that when we saw the cat funeral. No. It just seemed like they changed the house. And the kitchen. So that's the other thing. You know what is? The kitchen looked completely different before. Yeah. So maybe they just used a different house. Maybe they just used some, some license there and just made a different house. Mm-hmm. To get those shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. We have a missing cat and a missing duck. Did they find the cat? They did find the cat. They did, yeah. Um, and what's the project? I didn't. I didn't totally. What was she doing at school with the with the bird? I think she was just with the. Ch- I think it was like one of those like take care of something projects. Which uh, seems kind okay. of interesting. It's like Chilton seems like this very upscale school, and yet they give people like these assignments that it's like it didn't quite seem right. to match like that. This is like, oh. some prestige school. It's like. No, like, like they just have the parallel plot device of the chicken and the and the cat missing, and you know, mm-hmm. it just Luke felt, coming over. And... It just felt a little weird that like that was the storyline, or that was like the a pro, right. uh, assignment they would give when I was like, right, eh. so yeah. Oh, and did you see the product placement in Sookie's kitchen? They had, a, I think it was no. a Cheerios box turned right to the camera. You could see that they that they had. A- angled it so you could get maximum front of the box. Oh, funny. Okay. I saw the product placement. Well, this was, uh, yeah, we got Christopher. Now we got, you know, the next episode is literally called Christopher Returns. So, oh, better, great. better believe it, baby. We're in for the long haul with Christopher, for better or for worse. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com. Gaslighting is the book. Talking Brains is the podcast. And then three greeners.com is where you can find me. We got something going up almost every other day. So there's always something to check out. And uh, until next time, everybody. Bye for now. Bye.